to me. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. back we never leave we don't take a week off uh and we have uh we haven't been doing the segment about liverpool lately where we bitch about them but i think now is the time i think now is the perfect fucking time fuck you christian benteke i mean i love (laughs) you and i hate the fact that jurgen klopp did not like you but shit that was a that was a did you watch the game because that was a that was a fucking Horrible game to watch. I, I watched that game on Sunday morning before the Minnesota United game. Anna left to go to the barbecue, the pregame barbecue we were going to. And I stayed and watched the end of the game because I'm a fucking Glennon for punishment. As walk, so game over, Crystal Palace beats Liverpool 2-1. to one. I'm downtrodden. I'm not, like, upset or pissed off. I'm like, okay, whatever. We're s- still probably making top four, but... I'm walking down Lexington towards uh, our friend Notch's place, and I literally hear birds uh, in the trees. This is at like 12:30 in the in the afternoon. Like they're they're chattering, but all I hear is ha 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 ha, and that's what I had to walk to. I got luckily I got to Notch's place, had some brats, had some had some food, had some beers, and Minnesota won a game. But yeah, that was that was my experience for that Liverpool match. That's kind of like the experience of the soccer fan, right? Like, like something happens like that, like you lose, and then like your kids are laughing in the next room. You're like, "What the fuck are you laughing at?" I <laughs> literally, I yelled at birds, Martin. I yelled at fucking birds. That's where we're That's at. That's how like I was, how frustrated I was. But I think that was good because it, it it allowed me to, um, like decompress and not like yell at my wife at this uh, barbecue or be pissy at other Minnesota Dark Clouds and, and True North League guys and the supporters that I, I love and care about. But I, I fucking yelled at birds on a walk in nature on one of the, the nicest days we've had in a long fucking time here in Minnesota. Nice I until you birds. got there. I yelled at birds. You know, I was, uh, I'll poke fun of my wife. She likes scary movies, and I'm like, yeah, this is all fucking fake, right? Like, you realize you don't have to, like, cower under the blanket and stuff when they pop out. And then, of course, a soccer game comes by, and I'm just like, ah, 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 like, just <laughs> screaming. It's the same shit, you know? More or it's less. all just a construct. More well, we're talking social constructs now. Welcome to the Daves I Know. I'm Dave. I'm Dave. We're the Daves you know. Yeah. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about some soccer. Let's hop into the real good stuff. I don't want to wait. I don't want to delay. I can't handle it. We're going to talk about what the hell just happened. Minnesota won its second game. They are now 2-2-2 two and two and two out of their last six. I'm not going to quote that record in terms of games with or without Demidov. Hint, it's the same it's, number, basically. Um, it's 2-1-2. Two, two. Thank you. So let's talk about what happened. But uh, as we always do, we're going to start with the best moment of the game. Zeller, what's your best moment of the game against uh, the traveling, um, I don't know what you want to call this, um, the traveling well, Rapidos? I feel like someone's going to say the goal, so I don't want to say the goal because that was great. But not just the goal itself, but like the basically the 15 minutes leading up to that goal where 
we were peppering Zach McMath. Zach McMath made several save of the week uh, saves, like contender saves, like based on like Ramirez had an amazing like looping ball. Um, Molino had a shot that screamed off the cro- off the off the crossbar. Um, but the build up to that goal, and then you know all of the things that happened. Um, I mean, obviously the best moment of the game. I love Superman. I love that. I love that he got the header. But I love that uh, Venegas, like the Venegas header that crossed the ball, Barra diving in. I love the fact that Ramirez was right there. Ramirez would have put that ball in. Yep, absolutely. And the fact that when we, like, that was because they were in our section, they were in the, in the supporter section when they scored that goal, that Ramirez was happier than Ibarra after Ibarra scored that goal. That, for me, was the goddamn best moment of the game. Like, Ramirez was even more happy than Ibarra was for scoring that goal. Like, th- those those dudes fucking love each other. And that's, I'm not crying, that's you're crying. That's a goddamn amazing thing. I I had a little bit of a tear. Like, Is honestly, it? like, watching Ramirez, like, just, like, grab Ibarra, and that was amazing. That was that was me the best moment of the game. Not even the fucking goal itself. Like, the, the goal itself was amazing, and I'm sure you'll talk about it, but... Ramirez and and all the build up to that play was like the best moment for me. You know, I so yeah, right. You're gonna throw me under the bus for saying the obvious thing. It turns out I'm gonna say the obvious thing. I uh, the goal obviously was the moment. It's Normally a I say game, the obvious thing. So and, but you're doing right, it. right. The the one thing I will say about it that I was really excited about was um, the Ibsen shot that led to the rebound that led to the header that led to the goal. Uh, Ibsen collected a, a a rebound there took it on the volley and it wasn't a screamer but it was just extremely well placed and you know I've said it about Ibsen he runs hot and cold he always looks like he's being frantic out there like whatever he's doing he always looks like he's in a panic to do it and uh no it was a great shot it was it was uh calm and collected and uh, I was glad for one moment that we got the hot Ibsen and not the cold Ibsen because it came out to play for us so um exciting moment what then we got to say it was your worst moment of the game uh, I mean, for me, it was the it, like literally Minnesota came out really flat in the first half, which they've done on the regular, which is a disconcerting sign. All like the really good signs are great, but the fact that we keep coming out and like basically laying duds in the first half, and our defense fucking bailed us out in the first half of this game. I mean, in the first five minutes, uh, the Rapids almost scored. Yeah, we got poked at. <laughs> Baji, like they almost scored, but for uh, Marlon Harrison, yep. basically like inadvertently like blocking uh, Baji's redirect from a, a corner that was going in. That was the most like worst moment of the game. Like that would have been terrible to see. Yeah, I had uh, I had trouble putting down the entire first half as the worst moment. But um, this is a game in which Minnesota was favored. It was at home. Uh, we have the better offensive team versus a team that's defensively built but defensively not great right now uh, against a team whose offense is is piss poor. There's no reason that we shouldn't have played aggressive, had them on their back feet the entire game. And even if that means taking shots from distance, taking them from low angles, at least we're, we're, we're peppering the goal, putting them on their back feet, and making them feel a little desperate. Instead, the buildup was slow. We were too contemplative. We were tr- waiting for that perfect pass that wouldn't come at the same time as they were ready to kind of manhandle us a little bit, elbow us around and try and make things difficult for us. We were way too plotting. We needed to play quick attacking soccer, which, by the way, we talked about how the possession game is going to be Heath's preferred thing. 
whether it's his preferred thing or not, I don't think it's this team's strength. The team does its best when it's playing quickly, directly, with some clever combination passing. And uh, we weren't doing that in the first half. We were plotting. That's a problem. Yeah. No. But don't let's, let's not step on our, our uh, preview of the game. No, we don't want to do that. No. I've said let's all the stuff. Talk let's talk about the most what happened. the fuck moment that happened in the game. How about that? All right. For me, it was it without a doubt the tricycle kick by Kevin Doyle. <laughs> Is that what we're calling the tricycle yeah, kick? I've heard that other places. Um, I don't know if anybody saw this. It was in the 37th. So if you're rewatching the game in the 37th minute, Kevin Doyle uh, uh, attempts a bicycle kick um, off of a cross. But for the fact that instead of bicycle kicking it like towards the net, he kicks it into his own fucking face. And this is like in the supporters end. I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, it was great. No, like nobody around me was like was like knew what was the fuck was going on. Oh, I'm, I saw I'm, it right away. It was perfect. I was laughing my goddamn ass off. Thank you, Kevin Doyle, for kicking yourself in the face with the football. With a football. So I've got two comments on that. First of all, I believe that a tricycle kick is when you go up for a bicycle kick, but your dick comes out of your shorts. Uh-oh. I believe that's the technical definition of a tricycle kick. Second of all, I definitely saw it as well, and I tried to start a chant uh, from what is it from um, Billy Madison? Doyle rules, and nobody <laughs> fucking wanted it because I don't think anybody Doyle saw. Rules. But. Thank you, but yes, his name was Doyle, yeah, and I was that's going kinda, for it. That's why it probably didn't take off. God damn it. Just all saying. right. Uh, anyways, my most what-the-fuck moment, I found it hard to decide among all the clear yellows that the referee <laughs> found a way to not award. Also fair. Those uh, individually became what-the-fuck moments to me. What do we have to do? From a guy who statistically is a heavy foul giver, is a heavy yellow giver, we couldn't buy a yellow in opportunities that absolutely weren't it. It was shocking. And it, it, the foul t- tallies added up pretty much neck and neck. But, damn it, we deserve some penalty. Uh, not penalty. We deserve some uh, uh, serious yellows on that. So that bleeds into my review of the official scorecard. Uh, what do you got? Well, I mean, honestly, basically to piggyback on that, um, I had a D. I think you're probably relatively in agreement with me here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, MLS suspended uh, Courtney Ford for this week uh, for his ridiculously harsh foul on Ramirez. That got a whistle and not yep, a yellow. Not worthy of anything in the game. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe that means your referee is not doing great. So maybe, uh, hey, the referee association, maybe talk to your referees a little bit about uh, what a foul is and what a foul isn't. It's, what do you got? It's interesting because you should never have to have that conversation with uh, this particular ref. No. I, I, I like the dude. He's a Minnesota dude. His family is a Minnesota family. That's cool. Um, he's a he's a guy who doesn't take any shit from anybody, but also he's he's an unemotional ref. He 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 doesn't let people push him around stuff like that. That said, it wasn't his best match. I don't know what he was watching, but um, it's tough to be a ref. You don't always have the best angle that the rest of us get. But uh, there were clear yellows and nothing given there, so uh, I I gave it straight up D minus. I find it hard to give an F. I I, I think for an F, you specifically have to say miss a penalty for his you know, the, uh, and I don't think we had that. But uh, he was poor. He was piss poor. Cool. Mo- yeah. What? <laughs> All right. That's it. Nah. Uh, cool. Let's move on to the next Freddie Adu award for the star of the game, Zeller. Who's the star of the game? All right. Hear me out here, buddy. Oh, God. Ibsen. We know you love Ibsen. I do not. I actively do not like Ibsen. But um, – so here is the problem that we've already discussed on this podcast multiple times, that Ibsen 
there's a good Ibsen, there's a shitty Ibsen. Sometimes good Ibsen shows up, and sometimes shitty Ibsen shows up. Usually they show up moments away from each yeah, other. Yeah, literally, literally within moments of each other. Um, good Ibsen showed up for most of this game. Um, he was the guy who was distributing amazingly. Like having him, uh, like on top of Cronin, able to distribute the ball, um, made a world of difference. Like I was really worried. I was, I was, not really. I was like very hardcorely worried that they, like, Heath was going to start Warner and Cronin again together, which I thought would have been a huge, terrible fucking mistake. We need a playmaker on top of Cronin. We need a, a playmaking um, central mid. We don't need two defensive mids. And Ibsen, I was, I'm worried Ibsen, it's, it's, especially at TCF, it's on turf, like what he could do there. And it's not that he didn't make some really ridiculous kind of things. Oh, but, sure. But everything he did uh, contributed positively to the team. Like that goal that we got from Ibarra was because Ibsen almost had a fucking Golazo. Oh, yeah. Beating Math, but for a goddamn post, um, which basically created the the header to Venegas, which gave a bar of the goal. So, Ibsen is my uh, star of the game, man. I don't know if there's anybody else. That's got to be really hard for you to say. And it's I know, very, uh, it's very hard. It's like if you had to give Jerome, or not sorry, Jerome, uh, if you had to give Jermaine Taylor a star of the game, that's how much, that's how hard it is. Well, I might as well give it to him because he stepped out on defense toward the end of the game and he didn't allow a goal. I mean, that was yeah, but, but for ten minutes. Well, right, but I, honestly, that is star of the game caliber work from him. So good on him. That's not whom I picked, although I, w- I want to finish the thought about Ibsen here. Ibsen also had a great flick on the goal. Uh, oh, uh, just a no-look flick like that almost. minute? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So he can do that, but I, I'll call out two other quick moments here too. First of all, he was, there, there was a foul he received. I guess I'd have to link it to it, but there was a foul he received which caused him to take off like a butterfly. He in was his ridiculous, in he was fouled. He was fouled, but that is the most ridiculous fucking. I'll be, I'll be on. Call me xenophobic or whatever. That was the most South American fucking dive I've I'm ever not seen. Lie. Like, it's, that's not. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was hilarious. But he was fouled. Oh, he was fouled. But that's not the point. Like <laughs> he was gonna make sure he drew that foul. And I guarantee, if they wouldn't have been fouling, it would have taken him 15 minutes to get up from feigning injury. Um, the other thing that I was – he did have his key moment of the game where a foul didn't go his way, and he just put his hands to the sky and said, why, God, why, ay, do, dos mio. He did, no, just this fucking guy. Also, um, in, in Ibsen's – Chase uh, the play. Get in, after the play if you fuck in up. In Ibsen's ledger, uh, which is not related to the game, he got his green card uh, this week, so he's no longer an international player. Frees up an international spot. Boom. Thank you, Ibsen. Well, I don't want to blow out too much Mike of our drop. news here, but uh, when we when we offload Demidov, we're going to be sitting on a shitload of salary space and uh, two international spots. It's going to be a fun summer, guys. Uh, my player of the game was Jerome Thiessen. Um, I think he gets better every game. I think that he's a great addition to the offense, frankly. I, don't, I, I think nobody's better overlapping and still not just overlapping, but you think about, say, what Kevin Venegas used to do for us in NASL. He wasn't providing, like, creative passing and build up so much as he had speed. He'd streak down there, and he'd give you an outlet if you got a through ball to him to just get down there in position for a cross. But Tyson could do that, but he's actually providing clever uh, passing with – However, they've got it stacked over on the right side. I won't tell you it's just Molino, although it usually is. We've got very flexible wingers. He's 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 making plays over there. It's very fun to watch. He was obviously great in defense. We pitched our first shutout. He's looking better every week. He's my player of the game. 
Yeah, Jerry's Jerry's great. Took yeah, a great he, picture been, and uh, sent it out there on Yeah, I, I thought about Jerry, but I was also like, well, let's let's go with someone who's uh, a little uh, a little weirder for me. That so, was a controversial yeah. pick. I like, yeah. I like Jerry. Jerry's good. Well, let's let's do it. The the Freddie Adu Award for the shittiest player of the game. Who do you got? Um, everyone on Colorado, but for Zach McMath. Oh, you said that they uh, had a pretty tasty first half, especially the first few minutes there. I mean, uh, is that fair? Yes. How about uh, Hairston with that defensive stop, huh? He looked good. <laughs> yeah, good good for Minnesota, which is basically the shittiest player of the game. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Zach Math played out of his fucking ass uh, with three very, like, basically almost, like, save of the week worthy saves. Everybody else was kind of shit. I don't know what it's going to take for Zach Math to get out of the Rapids and onto a team where he can be a starting goalkeeper. He's been starting goalkeeper caliber for a couple of years now, consistently finds himself behind the guy, well, you know? I mean, if Tim Howard, like, keeps uh, fli- flicking people off and calling uh, people motherfuckers and, like, no, fighting he- fighting fans, then maybe Zach Math might be uh, long for this world in Colorado. Well, what fan's mother can resist the sexual urge of uh, Tim Howard when it comes down to it? I see why he had sex with that fan's mother. I get it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put it down to Dylan Powers. here. I, I'm going to succinctly put it this way. He doesn't have anything left to give to this team. Uh, there was a time he did, and he hasn't shown it over the last few years. Um, consistently poor supporting the defense. Uh, I'm sorry, Dylan. I love you, bud. <laughs> I hope whatever comes next for you it works out for you, but it's uh, it can't be on Colorado. This is a team in a spiral. So we're going to move on. We're going to cl- – cleanse the palate we always end on that shitty note right we always end on such a negative uh, <laughs> do, vibe right? yeah and then we get into the 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 other united news that's what yeah, i want to talk uh, about but on 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 the on the bright side we've been ending it with like shitty people on other teams for a change minnesota yeah it used to just great. be like, how do i say every player on minnesota <laughs> and now's the united news yeah. at least we don't have to play that game anymore so we got plenty of news. Let's talk about it. Uh, Bobby Badman, I was shocked to see him start this last game. Uh, he took a hell of a knock in the previous one. I thought he'd be out. He came back. Yeah, I mean, apparently he passed concussion protocol, which, I mean, good for him. As someone who is uh, definitely advocating uh, for more research on uh, head ouchies. Um, it was questionable. That was maybe not the smartest decision, but... He played badass. He made some great saves. Uh, some wasn't point, too concussed. To some rock. point blank saves, apparently. Um, and uh, he made the, actually the team of the week bench for uh, MLS, which is really great. So, congratulations that's, to Bobby Badman. That's the name of my next uh, rock album, by the way. Is not too concussed to rock. In my ACDC vein there. Fair. Uh, so Bobby Badman, great for him. Team of the week bench. Uh, Let's. I want to. I want to ask you a question. This isn't news. It's related to news-ish stuff. But I want to ask you a question. Minnesota United earned a little over seventeen thousand for their attendance the last game, about consistent with what they had the previous game. What do you think about that number? Is that right about what we want, hope for, expect? Is it uh, causing any heartburn? Me heartburn? No. Seventeen thousand. I give two shits about what the attendance number actually is. Well, I mean, you think about uh, you, you think about the profitability. Not profitability is the wrong word. That's not, I'm taking that back right away. But I mean, it, it's it's a sign of support from this community. Uh, it's a sign of what we might see in terms of what the new stadium is going to look like in terms of uh, fan support and stuff like that. Seventeen thousand feel good to you? 
Is it? I mean, is it That's though? So my whole thing you is. You tell like, me. Minnesota United has been really shit at marketing, as we. That's fair. We've discussed multiple times. Um, they're playing in a rented stadium. In a fifty thousand seat rented stadium, um, and they're still averaging seventeen thousand. Like and doing poorly. I mean, teams don't you know, fans yeah, don't turn out for it's shitty not like, teams. It's not like they've been uh, fucking burning up the the place. And there's there was hockey. And there's baseball. There's hockey and basketball for the first, like, several weeks. There's still baseball. Like, they had okay. 17, like, 17-4 on Sunday of last Sunday. There was also a Twins game, which I'm guessing had less people in attendance than the soccer match did. Okay. But I'm not, per, I, you know, per the attendance. I'm sorry. Yeah. Am I worried about it? No. Okay. Um, I could give two shits until we actually get our stadium. Because... Um, if they if if the team is doing it right, which I, to be fair, I don't know if they are. Yeah, I've not seen things recently that shows that they are doing it right. But they're gonna have like twelve to fourteen thousand of those seats sold as season tickets. So it doesn't have to be Atlanta to be good, to be acceptable, no, to be not, thriving. No, especially not up in the cities up here. You know where there's. Now five, six. I'm always, I'm always counting WNBA because I always forget to do it. Six major professional sports. Sure, and a new so, stadium for the Saints. I mean, there's always going to be competition and yeah, there. Yes, yeah, yeah. They do, they're a big the Saints, draw. They're a big draw. Actually, they're actually a good baseball team compared right. to the uh, the shit ass Twins. Um, so so. I, I was trying to be provocative with that question. Seventeen thousand the attendance. I'm not too worried that's about fine. it. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I, I, I want there to be enough buzz and enough momentum for the stadium because I want that packed from a game day atmosphere. I mean, that maybe that's selfish. But, um, no, 17,000 is perfectly fine. It's middle of the pack. Typically, see expansion teams, uh, they're performing in the top half of the pack just because of that. There's a newness about it and there's a buzz. But So, let me offer you like a, like a, like another, like a question back on that. Like, yeah, go. At what number do you start to worry about for an attendance? Like, if, if a if the team drops below this number, that's when you start to worry about whether this team is going to be viable in five years. Well, so first of all, the new stadium is inherently going to bring with it at least for a year or two a ton of fans and a ton of interest. It's just inherent. It, there's nothing you can do about that, even if the team sucks. So there's not a number, the, basically, in so the, right I, now, this year. Yeah, basically what I'm going to say right now is – I won't be that interested in attendance until I see what it looks like next year, both in terms of actual asses and seats as well as season tickets. There's always a drop-off from expansion year to the next year, unless there's extenuating circumstances like a stadium. Um, if there's a huge drop-off next year, that's when I'll feel concerned. I'll, I'll feel like that interest was only that first you know, moment of interest, and it may not be as sustained as we thought. But, you know, if they sell another 11,000 tickets next year for season tickets, it means that there's enough people who liked what they saw that they're going to be here. And I don't even give two shits how, who's making what kind of money and whether all my friends like soccer. Is soccer going to make it in America? I don't yeah. care. What I mostly want is I want a great game day atmosphere. I don't want to be afraid that my team's going to be gone tomorrow, and I don't want to be afraid that my league is going to be gone tomorrow. And if I've got those three things, everything else I is mean, just icing. That's that's fair. I, I don't think anybody was expecting that we would average what we brought in for that home opener. Well, obviously not. I mean, I'm, I'm a little I – mean, to be quite frankly fucking honest, I'm a little disappointed that it's it's not around 
the nineteen twenty thousand level because I thought that is what we could average. It's expansion mean, team territory, there. and um, especially I mean, but it's also been we've only had three home games, mm-hmm. so it's it's early, and all of the three home games have been in the spring where people are a little more reticent to come to games. Sure. Or when we roll out our fucking whole slate of goddamn July games. I expect that number, the the average has number to go up sure. pretty considerably. So, All right. Yeah. All right. I'm done being provocative. Let's talk about the uh, stuff that's uh, just built-in provocative. Uh, everybody's talking about it. MLS Players Union released their salaries uh, on 425. We've got the scoop on it. Zeller, I know you did a lot of analysis on these numbers and stuff. So talk to us about Minnesota United's salary numbers. Christ. So everybody, like, it was funny because a lot of people like just like freaked out like that they released these numbers. A um, p- couple points of order. Um, they do it the, twice a year, don't they? They do it. The MLS Players Union does it twice a year. Yes. Um, the owners do not want you to know anything about what they're paid, and these are all basically like, and this is not from the owners or from MLS itself. It's from the players basically uh, disclosing what they're being paid, right? Because the, the MLS owners, weirdly, are in a, a racket together, and they don't want to, uh, you know, pay any more money than they absolutely have to. Sure. So, so this is the players' union. So, hey, unions. Unions are fucking awesome. <laughs> this segment brought to you by unions. Unions are fucking awesome. Join a fucking union. <laughs> That's my uh, my political rant for the day. Okay. okay. Um, so we found out um, on April seventeenth, or yeah, the earlier this week on twenty five, April twenty fifth, that uh, so Minnesota United um, is actually not the lowest uh, salary team in the league. The lowest salary team in the league is uh, LAFC. Weirdly enough, <laughs> well, which is a team okay, that doesn't actually technically exist yet. <laughs> Beyond them. Um, DC United, so we're actually the, one of the higher Uniteds, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. And Houston, the Houston Dynamo, uh, we actually pay more money in salary than Houston Dynamo. Houston is moneyballing it this year. Yeah. DC DC plays like they pay their players that, that much. That is 100% true. So uh, basically uh, we have – $5.32 million Minnesota plays in guaranteed compensation to their players. Yep. Which is 20, like 20th in the league. So not great. We're, on, we're definitely in like the lower, we're in the lower half of the lower half. We, we always knew that we would be approaching this with a, uh, a small ball, build from the base kind of approach. Here's an interesting statistic. If you go back and look at that, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Minnesota has more guys making over 200000 than any other team, actually, which doesn't feel right when you think about our total salary. But the point is that we don't have guys making a million, two million, six million dollars $6 But in terms of numbers of guys making over 200000 we have more than any other team. That is the kind of approach that they wanted to take with a very well-rounded team. Now, has it played out? There's opportunity, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it pans out when you think about it that way. Yeah, 13 players making over $200,000. No. Good right. on them. Yeah, it's good enough. So, so, what, so, what's, so the, what's the standout? There are some there are some <coughs> obvious standouts here. Um, if anybody who's looked up this data, you can easily look it up. Um, Vadim Demidov is the highest paid player on the team. By a wide margin. By a, yeah, significantly wide margin. He makes up basically about 11% of the payroll. 
he's making $555,000 a year. Which, let's put that in perspective. Uh, the minimum baseball salary for someone who is playing in the major leagues is $500,000 a year. So, so maybe he should try baseball instead. Yeah. Um, your lowest paid starting player um, is uh, Brent Coleman. My baby boy, Brent Coleman, making $68,000 a year. Um, a couple other uh, uh, interesting notes here that we can talk a little bit more about salaries. Um, Molino and Ramirez. Molino makes $402,000, and Ramirez makes $392,000 a year. So about $10,000 difference, which surprises me. I thought Molino would be a little bit higher than Ramirez. Oh, I thought Ramirez would be much, much lower because he's yeah. completely unproven in MLS. That was good on him. He got paid. Yeah. That, he's that, earned it, too. He has absolutely has earned it. Um, Brent Coleman has absolutely earned more than uh, – you know, $68,000 either yep. as well. Um, and the other big thing is the Norwegians um, occupy uh, – so of that uh, – so basically the base salary is $4.92 million. The Norwegians, Demidov, Aboja, Kadri, and Schuler, um, only none of which are actually starting right now, occupy $1.315 million or a quarter of our salary – right now so, well, so what else like what do you want to talk about with the salaries because i got all the salaries right here we <laughs> you can you've got them all we can chat so about it I, I have a couple of thoughts first of all on the norwegians demidov is moving on uh we we know that to be true they're trying to find the right out pattern for him uh alvboga i mean now I that mean, shuttleworth is starting and and he's kind of dead income he was on a loan he's easy to he's easy to offload Kadri and Schuler are making money that um doesn't necessarily uh, befit someone who's on the bench, but that said, I think that they can be important players. I, I mean, you need depth on a squad. I think that these are guys who I don't cringe when I think about the thought of them running out there. Uh, you know, if someone like Ibarra goes down, so I'm I'm happy for Cadre and uh, Schuler to be there. Uh, yeah, that, that, whatever. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get what what would Demidov and Alboga get us back? About seven hundred fifty thousand dollars plus two international spots. I think we might have an interesting summer in front of us. I that's that's kind of the whole point of this. I hope that? so. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, Kajin Schuler is about half a million dollars, mm -hmm. um, and I think those can be cogs in in the system that Heath wants to run. Certainly. Um, I mean, I'm actually not even really opposed to Alboja. Alboja, I think, got a really uh, bad – Alboja has not – like, until that shutout in the second half, had not had, like, a good defense in front of him. So I'm not necessarily – I'm not giving up on Alboja no, as me being either. A, a keeper that we could have for, for two, three years, honestly. No, you, um, can't, you can't just say he's a failure because I'm, of what happened in those early games. I'm, and I'm, I'm not – as much as – Bobby Badman's been great. I'm not 100% sold on Bobby Badman either. So, I think with with actually good defending, with like solid, consistent defending in front of him, Alboja is better than Shuttleworth, in my opinion. You Demidov know, needs to. We need to figure out what we're doing with him. I wish him only the best. Um, it was a really terrible, terrible trial, and yeah. So, but yeah, we move. We move. 
if we move only five, like you know, half a million dollars, mm -hmm. it's half a million dollars and an international spot. Yeah, look, look at that list. Think about the players you can get for half a million dollars and an extra international spot. That could be a key player for sure. Oh, there's so many fucking players. Oh god. So 442.com released a great <laughs> list of it. It was basically a um, their all-star team of players under two hundred thousand dollars. Just basically, uh, you know, bargain talent. And if you played that team without any changes, they would run the fucking league. There's no doubt about it. Kyle Laren, Kellen Acosta, guys like this who haven't quite hit that first big contract year where they start to get paid what they might be worth. Invest in your youth academies, kids. Holy shit. That works. Let's move on to the next game, all right? Let's move on to Tactical Schmactical where we talk about the upcoming game. And this week, it's going to be against the San Jose Earthquakes, one other team like Colorado against whom you walk away feeling disappointed if you don't have three points, right? Especially at home. So tell me. That uh, is true. I mean, the, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, this is – but this is a, a Minnesota – a team that Minnesota plays – well enough against I I'm, so Minnesota has clearly demonstrated that they're a second half team um, so I'm interested whether they can like whether the storm against San Jose um, the Quakes just bunker at home or bunker on the road they don't yep. attack um, so who do you have as like you're the best players of the game because I I don't there's several people that I can think of but I don't know like who do you got? <laughs> okay. Um, so who's good on their team? First of all, I'm going to start in their central midfield um, with Anibal Godoy. Uh, here's a statistic for you. Uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, since they signed Godoy in August of 2015, uh, their record is 15 wins, uh, 10 losses, and 15 draws uh, with him in the lineup. They are one win eight losses and five ties without him. I know it's tough to listen to numbers on a podcast, but the story is when they're without him, they have one win in that entire, you know, what, year and a half now. He is key to their success uh, ever since he's joined. Uh, really great. He, he, typically, traditionally, he's more on the defensive end of the field. He's somebody who can mop up all the mistakes. He's just a – he's not the bulldog that a guy like, Avond, uh, like uh, Osvaldo Alonso is. Um, but he can disrupt, get interceptions, things like that. Now, this year he's been playing a little bit higher up the pitch. He got two goals to show for it out of the first two games for the, se uh, the season for uh, San Jose. So he's having what could be uh, you know, his marquee year, uh, but doing a little bit less of the defensive responsibility, playing in a higher post uh, in the midfield here. Anyways, uh, him, he's my man. Uh, I'm going to tell you who else I like as a preview to, again, who sucks later, but you know, we'll pass it back to you first. Danny Hosen, uh, he's a TAM-level guy. Uh, he's a forward who they signed uh, before last year, and, and now he had a preseason injury. He hasn't been starting. He's gotten like six sub appearances now, only one start in that time. You look at how poor their offense is done, and this guy coming back to health, maybe moving toward being you know 90 minutes fit, uh, he's got to watch out for and be scared of if they uh, give him the start this week. Who do you like? Uh, the ghost of Ellen Gordon. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> that's all you got. Yep, that's all okay. I got. The ghost, the ghost of, of Helen Gordon. Well, he scored a shit ton of goals for San Jose. Like a poacher ask guy. He scored a shit ton of goals. Not even Wandelowski. He's good. Remember the the World Cup? He was remember in the who, World remember Cup. Who, 
Let's let's move to who sucks. Yeah, why don't we move on to who sucks? Oh, who we sucks? have Chris Wadowski. Okay. Who can't hit a fucking sitter from more than three yards out. That guy sucks. Um, I agree with you that this midfield has been particularly crap in distributing and connecting from, which has been a relatively stout defense. Like they don't give up a ton of goals. Sure. Um, but they're connecting to a 27 and 34 year old who. When they get fucking sitters, they can't connect. It's so hard for me to you, think of uh, Wondolowski as only that. 34 years old. I, yeah, you know, he's, I, I would have thought of him like 38, you know? How's that feel? Oh, yeah. No, we're the same. Actually, take the back. We're the same age right now. He's lying now. For uh, for another month, we're the same age. All these guys are older than me. Um, so, okay, that's fair. Now, I mentioned earlier that I like to see Hosen getting some time. Once they determine he's match fit, uh, not match fit, 90 minutes fit, getting the start up there uh, in the forward position. They play a flat-as-fuck 4-4-2, uh, San Jose does. Two guys up top. It's been Marco Urania and Chris Wondolowski. Now, Chris Wondolowski is kind of the face of the team. They're not going to boot him until he is unacceptable, and he's not unacceptable yet as far as players go. That said, th this as a strike partnership has been completely uh, ineffective this year. Uh, I'm not saying that Urania is a bad player. I do think Wondolowski's passed. So I mean, he's certainly passed his prime. I think he's probably passed his genuine usefulness. To be honest with you, he's always been a garbage goal scorer who just, for a long time, had a preternatural ability to just be in the right place at the right time. But when he's not doing that, when he doesn't have the magic to be in the right place at the right time and scoop up goals on rebounds and shit like that. He doesn't have a lot of other compensating skills to make up for it. He doesn't have, like, pace. He doesn't have, like, magic distribution he can do. He just mops up garbage goals, and when he's not doing it, he's not helpful. Urania, I think he can be a good player, but when the ball's not getting to him out of the midfield, who knows? So, and I'll talk about this later, maybe a move for Urania into uh, something like a midfield spot, maybe a number 10 spot if they go through, uh, you know, a formation change. Maybe that's what it needs to get the most out of him, but Danny Hosen needs to be the guy up top. Uh, and until Chris Wondolowski's dead, I guess he'll have to play alongside him. I don't know. So cool. we know we know who sucks. We both agree Wondolowski sucks, I guess. So why don't you tell me, how does United need to play them in light of knowing who is good and knowing who's a big opportunity for them? Well, I mean, for me, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? So I'd run off the same lineup. Um, Ibsen, love him or hate him. The guy can make shit happen. Um, and so, I, you know, we work the ball up the wings through and, and then bring it in vertically through Ibsen. Um, I want Cronin to be the disruptor in the midfield as he, what, as he absolutely was uh, in the Colorado match. Um, but here's the thing. I think Ibarra... Yes. Uh, I think Ibarra... <laughs> Getting a goal like, absolutely like builds up his confidence and gives him some uh, recompense to like run up and down the field, right? Sure. So, which I think create like, creates. So I think most teams have been playing Minnesota like they've been like leaving the left alone, right? And they've been focused on the right because that's where Molino and Venegas have been like trading places back and forth. I think. This Ibarra a, brings the width back. I think Ibarra, yeah, Ibarra brings the width back. He gives, he puts the onus on the defense to create, to like focus on all of the wingers, um, not just on the right side. 
Um, and then gives the uh, ability for Ibarra, which we saw in the preseason, uh, Ibarra, Molino, and Venegas, to move around. Get really fluid. And, in, and be fl- very fluid. Um, the I only reason that Ibarra scored that goal is because he was, I mean, he said it himself. He was surprised as anybody to find himself there. You know, he was playing, I guess, technically out of position. I mean, being in the center of the box like that. But Yeah, uh, so I think so I think Ibarra, fluid. I think Ibarra moving around makes San Jose's defense respect him, respect the left wing, um, opens it up a little bit because they are going to bunker. They're going to bunker. But I think him moving around, like the three of those guys moving around behind Ramirez uh, creates some confusion. And there's no, reason, there's no reason that Minnesota doesn't get two. The big question for me is uh, can Minnesota come out and play a competent first half on offense to push and put some pressure on the San Jose defense in the first half? Because we have not played a good first half in any of the games we've played. You know, we're, we're good enough, or at least this matchup is good enough for us to come out really confident. I think you said, uh, you know, aggressive, uh, I, quick. I think we can do that if we feel some urgency here. So, so here's my thought. Uh, if connecting the midfield to the attack is a problem for San Jose, let's play a press in the midfield, make it really hard for them to have to make quick decisions. They already stink at it anyways. We've done that kind of press successfully elsewhere. Colorado on the road was a great example. Uh, let Sam Cronin do the, you know, be the destroyer that we know he can be. I agree with you. I didn't like the Warner alongside, uh, alongside Cronin. I think those are two defensive midfield-minded folks who don't. We don't need those two. Uh, if, if it's not going to be that, and you're not going to go through a big uh, lineup change, then it's got to be Ibsen, Schuler, or Martin. I haven't seen enough of Martin to tell you what I think of him, but honestly, between Schuler and Ibsen, it's tough for me to say this. I'd love to see Ibsen continue to get a run out there. Um, I think Schuler. I hope that he becomes the player that we anticipated he could be and and starts to apply that. But Ibsen, when he wants to be, can be a quick, deciding, uh, he sees plays nobody else sees kind of bulldog, and I'd love to see him continue to do it. Uh, last couple of thoughts. Focus particularly, if you're talking about Sam Cronin, focus particularly on Anibal Godoy. He's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, and then finally create some overload situations by having the wingers play flexibly like they always do. Uh, they've got a decent defense, but they're going to have their hands full focusing on other things. You put three in a zone, you're going to have that kind of that, that triangle passing. We've done really great so far this year. We're going to win a lot of opportunities in the final third, and you just got to play high-tempo, aggressive. They're going to make mistakes because that's the kind of team they are. That said, they bunker on the road. Uh, I'm talking about the Quakes. They bunker on the road, so this shitbird has all the makings of a one to nothing win for us. I guess that transitions into the call, right? So uh, what do you got? I got one to nothing for Minnesota. I think San Jose has a decent defense, and they're too much of a bunker and pain in the ass for us to put up a four spot or some shit like uh, that. I mean, yeah, I basically agree with you. I think um, I think Minnesota has too much on offense, though. So I think it's a two nothing Minnesota win. Like we can, can we can we say last week you and I both predicted the first shutout of the yeah. year, and we, we were both did. fucking correct. We did. That was 100 percent correct. If you doubted our expertise, listeners, stand corrected. We know what the fuck is going on. Anyways, or so some, we've both like got that. a second consecutive shutout. You've got it two to nothing. I've got it one to nothing. That moves us into the next segment, which is called picks or it didn't happen. Let's talk about how we did in uh, the MLS week that was. So let's run it down. First of all. New England played San Jose midweek last week. 
came out with a 0-0 uh, boring ass game. I will say this game is more exciting than the scoreline suggested, but both teams can go fuck themselves anyways. Yeah, I mean, Wando had a fucking sitter. Missed the shit out of it. Imagine that. Good, good, uh, good on him. Good on him. Toronto FC beat Chicago three to one. Uh, Javinko is the best player in MLS. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I guess that's not even good enough for him to be even the 23rd best Italian player in the world. Can't get enough national time. So my question is: Is this just a one-off for Chicago, or is this back to reality of Chicago being oh, a tire fire? You know where Chicago's going, buddy. Tire On fire. the train. Philadelphia versus Montreal came out to be a high-scoring three-to-three tie. Holy shit, though! It was a fun tie. No, it wasn't. Not for. <laughs> not for Philly. That's. Um, <laughs> I mean, are is this gonna possibly be the worst in MLS history? They haven't won a fucking game in. By the time uh, the next kickoff, 244 days. A lot of talk about Minnesota being the worst team in history. Uh, all I can do is point at the scoreboard. Uh, yeah. My last thought is that was an epic collapse from Philly, up 3 to nothing. Who would have thought they had a 3 to nothing offense in them uh, like 30 minutes into the game? Hey, guess what? They handed it back to Montreal. Good Lord. Gives me a lot of faith when Philly comes to Minnesota. Oh, I can't wait for Philly to come to town. <laughs> uh, Houston beat San Jose 2 to nothing to rebound after kind of a clutch draw for Minnesota the week before. We both had this one called correctly. Oh, um, we forgot to mention that I had the uh, Philly Montreal. We didn't. We haven't been correctly. talking about who called it. So New England San Jose, neither of us called shit. Yeah. Toronto winning against Chicago, neither of us called that. You had Philly and Montreal as a, as a draw. Good on you. I bet you didn't see it happening the way it Not happened. Not that way. Nope. Not that way. Houston versus San Jose. We both don't like San Jose. We both saw Houston as a better team than the, <laughs> than showed in the final score against Minnesota. We both got it right. Two to nothing win. Uh, last thought. San Jose is finally becoming the team we predicted they would be in the preseason when we said they would suck. They're shitty and they're winless in six. That's where they're Hopefully at. Hopefully make it seven. Please. Uh, Portland beat Vancouver two to one. You guys, uh, you guys, we're talking about ourselves. We both had that. Uh, Portland is a top three team in this league, but they now have the same number of shutouts that Minnesota United has. How does that feel? They, yeah, they can't stop people from scoring. <laughs> no, they can't. I don't know. It's a, you know, otherwise, you know, Darling Nagby uh, will not be denied of goal scoring opportunities. So get that man time on the national yeah. team. Uh, the New York Bread Bulls beat the crew in a, a game I, neither of us saw coming because the Bread Bulls had sucked. And the crew were showing kind of well this year. Red Bulls beat them at home 2 to nothing. Huge win against a good team. And honestly, New York was starting to look at L.A. Galaxy territory there for a little while. So good on them for kind of riding the ship. Yeah, I mean. Returning to the 4-2-3-1 of, you know, almost supporter shields winning teams <laughs> was a breath of fresh air and a thing they should probably fucking do earlier. They, hopefully know, a lesson learned. for I mean, I don't give a shit what they do. I guess hopefully for them a lesson learned. Uh, neither of us saw the Revolution and the D.C. United's tying. I think neither of us are very hot on D.C. United. Came out to be a 2-2 two two game. Uh, my only thought about it was maybe New England should try uh, deflating its balls. Maybe New England should try to win a fucking uh, soccer match. <laughs> That's my. But thought. they did against us. They looked yeah. real good. <laughs> we make a lot of people right. look real good. Yeah. Uh, FC Dallas played Sporting Kansas City. That was the game of the week for both of us. Sort of like best, most well-rounded team in FC Dallas. Clearly the best defense in Sporting Kansas City. You know the defense showed up, I suppose, but it turned out into a one-nothing win for FC Dallas. Is there any doubt now that FC Dallas is the best team in the league? Well, there's in my mind. In your, I'm a, yeah, a sporting yeah. Kansas City uh, guy. Well, they just but, lost. But, I mean, this game, 
and I mean, I thought this game would be like an exciting 0-0 draw. It would end up being pretty much a dud. So. Right. Okay. And Dallas pulled it out. Like, good on you. You win your fucking home games. Good job. Good job, guys. <laughs> I'm still calling it Pizza Hut Park. Um, the Real Salt Lakes finally lost under Petke to Atlanta United 3-1. Uh, to one. I did call that. I thought Atlanta United were going to be the team here. Uh, uh, here's my thought. Real Salt Lake are still Real Salt Lake, and a fresh coat of Petke doesn't change that, at least in the short term. Yeah, I mean, Romano is out. If he's out due to injury longer, like, fuck, how bad could Real Salt Lake be this year? Well, That's really the question. Romano is uh, – well, they've turned it around under Petke for a couple of games there, but yeah, Romano but has been kind of more error-prone so far this year, yeah, so who knows what's going to happen. It's like the heart and soul of that team, man. I don't know. That's true. He's, he's got qualities beyond his goals, yeah. goalkeeping abilities there. New York City FC lost to Orlando City SC. Uh, Orlando won 2-1. to one. Mr. David Martin had it called. Another fun win for Orlando that they had no business winning. Orlando keeps doing that. Uh, that said, this pace for Orlando winning games they have no business winning is also unsustainable. No caca, no problems for the best team in the East. Well, best by the record anyway. Sounders beat the Galaxy 3 to nothing. We both called the win at least. My only thing I can say about the Galaxy is a quote from a poem. Look upon my works, ye mighty, and weep. Uh, I'm going to say this goes back to the uh, Orlando NYCFC match as well as this one. Did you watch these matches at all? Not the, not the Sounders Galaxy. Oh, my though. God. So they made the jerseys from Recycled Materials, which is good. Uh, the jerseys were gray and off-white, which was very, very bad. <laughs> can I? Can I, I couldn't even. I couldn't even tell who the fuck was playing. Like who was trying to attack and who was trying to defend. I, when I was watching these games. Oh, I, okay. And I understand your point. I thought you meant one of the jerseys was gray and off-white. You're saying one team's was gray. One, one team was, was gray. Oh, one okay. team was off-white. Because uh, my counter comment was going to be, I saw the Seattle jerseys and I thought they were kind of fucking dope. <laughs> I liked them. No, they were fucking terrible. <laughs> they were fucking terrible. Um. It's the, these jerseys were worse, like when they had like the NFL does their color games where they put teams in like green and red and so like colorblind people can't see who the fuck's playing. You felt each colorblind. Other. I felt colorblind. I'm not colorblind. Fuck you, MOS, for making me feel colorblind. Yeah. You guys are the fucking worst. Yeah, you go back to the jerseys that are sewn out of the the native trees of an island that no longer exists by the hands of small children. Not this recycled shit. Zeller's looking at me with devil eyes right now. I don't. Let's I just. I, I. I like. Yes. Make. If the MLS make made pretty all their fucking jerseys. jerseys out of recycled material, awesome. Well, they were all um, made out of recycled about, bottles, about, and bottles about, are that color. How about making your jerseys fucking colored enough so that you can see a difference between one team and the other goddamn team Look, when you're watching use, the fucking TV? Don't use the word colored again. Uh, Minnesota. I don't, Fuck colored. Minnesota United. <laughs> wow. The people at this bar loved that comment being overheard. Minnesota United FC beat the Rapids one to nothing. We both called it fantastic. All I can say is nothing like a game against Colorado to make you feel like a god. Yeah. I mean, a barra scoring a diving header is definitely not something a defense should ever have here uttered. <laughs> Dude is what, 5'7"? Five six. He's, he's shorter than. Five. He's literally shorter than, than us. He? He's yeah. He's like us territory. That's bad. No, no, literally, right. literally, like there are pictures of me with Miguel Ibarra, and I'm like an inch taller than oh, him. Oh, Miguel, Miguel. So he's five six on a good day. And he rose to the occasion. He uh, did rose. Really. All right. So running totals this week, Zeller, you were five for seven. Uh, a respectable ish week. 
puts you at 35 corrects and 48 incorrects over the season. That's fine. Mr. David Martin, myself, had a 6-6 six and six week. I'll take 500 anytime, especially since there's win losses and draws to consider. That puts me at 37 wins and 46 incorrect picks. So essentially, I'm two, I'm two picks ahead of you on the season. It's a close race. One Man. good week, one bad week. It's all topsy-turvy, right? Fine. Man, who cares? So fine. Let's talk about the next week's picks. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, I want to hear from you. Toronto FC versus Houston Dynamo. Who do you got? Um, I got the uh, Toronto FC's winning 3-2 to two, um, after the MLS salary release. Bradley, Aldor, Juvinko, they're going to decide to play like highly paid players again. They should make that. And you know what? I anticipate at home they're going to do the same. Toronto FC wins it 2 to nothing over Houston. Cool. Montreal and Vancouver, who do you got? Um, I got Montreal winning 2-1 um, in the uh, battle of the lesser of the Canadian teams. <laughs> Montreal wins 2-1. to one. Uh, I, I've got Montreal and Vancouver 2-2. Two to 2-2 two. Mo- uh, two to two feels like a Montreal score to me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Orlando City SC versus the Colorado Rapidos. Uh Colorado is very, very bad. Orlando City wins three to one. Two to one feels like an Orlando City. If, if two to two is the classic Montreal score, two to one is the classic Orlando City score. I've got them two to one at home against Colorado. Uh, this is a matchup I'm actually really looking forward to. The New York Bread Bulls versus the uh, Chicago Fire. Who do you got? Um, I'm not looking forward to this matchup. I think <laughs> this matchup is going to be really fucking terrible. Uh, Red Bulls righted their ship, I think, last week, and. The fire really are not as good as you think they are, Martin. Um, I think it's uh, Bread Bulls 1, Chicago Fire 0. Let me give you a counterpoint. Chicago 1, Bread Bulls 0. What do you think about that? See what I did there? There we go. Yeah. Columbus Crew versus New York City FC. I got my feelings. What do you got? Um, I got Higuain and Mane like salvaging a 2-2 draw against uh, NYCFC. Man, Mane hasn't even been able to get enough time. It's, it, I mean, that was the key signing out of that crazy trade that happened this year. Yeah. And Mane all of a sudden is coming out this week being like, I'm not used to playing out of this kind of position where I'm competing for time and shit like that. Uh, that said, I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Columbus and New York City, 3-3. Three to three. Looks fun. Minnesota United FC versus San Jose. We've already previewed that. I got one to nothing. You said you had uh, two, two to nothing. nothing. There you go. That's the correct pick. This is probably the game of the week for me. FC Dallas, the best team in the league versus the Portland Timbers, the second or third best team in the league by my estimation. Who do you got? Um, I got FC Dallas beating Portland 2-1. to one. Um, I think Portland is susceptible. They have literally no defense. They're going to score a goal, at least a goal. But I think FC Dallas. Hey, Liam Richwell, man. Eh. All right. <laughs> Mez, your answer to all of my ideas. Uh, I have the exact same score. FC Dallas is going to win 2-1. to one. Uh, I don't think FC Dallas is capable of pitching a shutout against Portland Timbers, but I certainly think that the Portland Timbers are going to let in at least two. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, the world's best defense, versus Rail Salt Lake, the world's most, uh, I don't know, what a difference a coach makes. Who do you got Sporting Kansas City in RSL? Uh, that Packy honeymoon was nice, right? <laughs> but holy shit, rude awakening! It's like a, it's like get married. Like Still honeymoon's great. So all of a sudden you have a first fight. A shit. The first a argument. Shit, you know, thing to hang, hang uh, haggle with. Like uh, your marriage. Eh, I don't know. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, sorry, my <laughs> metaphor was was it went, yeah. derailed went a lot of directions. Uh, so very uh, aggressively. Okay. Um. I think Sporting Kansas City beats Real Salt Lake 2-0 at home. You think Sporting is going to score two goals? 
Yes. That's wild. One to nothing is the archetypical uh, Sporting Kansas City score, and that's exactly what they're going to score, and they're going to hold Real Salt Lake at home, sh uh, um, at, at Sporting's home, uh, to a shutout. Seattle and New England, two high-powered potential offenses. Is, is, who do you got? Um, high scoring for the league, four to nothing, Seattle. Jesus Christ. Uh, I've, I've got at least New England, uh, maybe Agudelo putting in a goal there, but I've got Seattle three to one. Seattle's on the march, bud. Um, this four was game, that's four goals, buddy. Four it's goals. Four, I'm going four on the uh, on the right side of the ledger. I I do what on the New England side? No, on the on the on right. The, sport, the right. Oh, the proper. Being like the proper. Oh, I was gonna say ledger, Jesus, yeah. dude. Um, this is going to be the hardest game to watch that maybe has ever been played by two teams. LA Galaxy and Philadelphia. It's almost hard to call it. Who do uh, you got? Both of these teams suck. Suck. This game sucks. Galaxy won. Philadelphia Union won. Fuck you, Philadelphia, for making <laughs> me watch stupid, shitty fucking soccer. Fuck you, Philadelphia. Wow. I'm going to say it right now. Fuck you, Alex Schieferdecker, for making me watch Philadelphia <laughs> Union soccer. All right, we've taken a dark turn here. Um, the only thing I can say is this. Philadelphia sucks. LA Galaxy sucks, but they do have a uh, Alessandrini. So I've got LA Galaxy 1, Philadelphia nothing. Last game of the week, Atlanta United versus DC United, the battle of the uh, other Uniteds. What do you got? Um, I don't know. Second leg of the United Cup goes to the Dirty South. Are we calling it the United Cup? Is that a thing that we're going with I, now? I, that's what I'm doing. All right. Fair enough. So we're going like, to – yeah, it's whoever makes gets the most points. No, I get the, the concept. I just United think. games. Yeah. I think uh, – and I think – United, uh, the Atlanta United wins this one. I think they're going to win the United Cup this year, actually. I think DC United are going to get drug off the field like a United Airlines passenger. It's going to be Atlanta United 3 to nothing. Whoa, um, gross. Topical. I said 3 to 1, by the way. All right, just, close you, enough. You didn't let me say finish my. Well, that's because I was so fucking excited. Yeah. Let's move on to the Indulge Your Fantasy. Uh, talk about our fantastic fantasy uh, league. How'd you do this week, Zeller? Good. Better than you. Fuck you. All right. How'd you do? How'd you do? <laughs> I got 78 points. I moved up. 78's uh, a good week. To uh, 13th place uh, with 424 points overall. Um, I jumped you. Yeah, basically. who used to be in 13th place? Yeah. And guess you, what? I moved to 14th you place. You down one spot to 14th place. Damn it. Um, yeah. I had, a, I had a poor week, honestly. Yeah. I, um, I, I loaded up heavy on Sporting Kansas City Defenders. I played a couple of gambles in the uh, attack that I just liked the team matchups for that totally didn't pan out. I got 67 points on the 416 points overall. That's down to 14th. Boy, we got some ground to catch up with. Uh, who kicked ass this week in the league? Um, well, Costa Rica Loon. Again. Yeah, 105 points. Good on you, Adu. Adu, you need to talk to us about what your technique is because <laughs> yeah, consistently good results. What do you do, man? I, I don't even – I mean, I look at this like maybe, you know, once a week or so. <laughs> um, the other people who also kicked ass were the brothers Demidoff and Plate or Plata who had 104 points this week. Uh, it's tough to make up ground when these fucking people yeah, are doing this. Don't be so good at uh, What we asked you to do, yeah. Shit. So, like – who is who's in like? Yeah, let's let's take a look at the overall league standings here. Yeah, who's in front? In the First league? place. So it had been close. All of a sudden, brothers Demidov puts up this crazy fucking week. Uh, 
I mean, not all of a sudden. He's done it before. So Spencer Agnew, Brothers Demidov, you have 542 points. Second place is Looney Ben Patrick Rydine, uh 502 points. That's a full 40 points behind. And finally, uh, Costa Rica Loon, Mr. Adu, uh, you're at 501 points. Only one point out of second, but full 41 points out of the lead. Brothers Demidov is uh, aiming for that $50 Target gift card. That's what I think is going on. It's desperation that's fueling their work. They just need that, that sweet target money. On the bright side, there's like 28 more weeks left. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah that's so There's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, Let's go to the mailbag, man. We got some mailbag. fucking answers. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to go from the bottom up here. So uh, you asked So you asked from the, the TDIKMN uh, Twitter account like what you wanted us to talk about. And uh, at T. Dunn Soccer said drugs in Colorado having the finishing ability of a preteen boy before puberty. Want to talk about either drugs or Colorado having well, the finishing ability of a preteen boy before puberty? Well, I guess I don't know what he means by finishing ability then because if I think about the first time I had sex, I finished certainly and I finished very fast. And he Colorado said, said has not pre, been able to finish at all. Pre-teen. If did, I you, did you have sex as a preteen? Is that something? Oh, God, Pastor Washington. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, why was I finishing so fast when that happened? Um, so, no, you know, if I was, uh, if I got a hold of the Sears catalog or some shit, I'd be done pretty quickly. Colorado can't get it done at all, so I guess I'm confused by the question. But uh, l- let's say this. How about, how about this? I, I think Colorado point. has the finishing ability of a, a 60-year-old man who ran out of Cialis. How about that? So just like cloud spurts. Dude, it's, a, it's not saying that they, they finish, but it's just not a pretty thing to happen. They can't finish. They can't get there. That's my point. Okay. Not just like, I ejaculate weird. That's not. Uh, all right. Yeah. I think we just found the name of this uh, episode of the podcast. Ejaculate's um, weird. <laughs> uh, so cool. I, I, that's my only answer for that. What other all questions right. we got? Um, so I've been actually researched this one. Uh, so at Hockey Milwaukee, who's a huge fan of the podcast, Apparently, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, he sent us a uh, picture of what Schlapst is. Also, that it's a joke, right? It's it's no, it's not a joke. It's, it's real. Actually, it's literally uh, Schlitz and Pabst poured into a pint together. Sounds like a rum hams. Sounds a little bit like a rum hams, but like less alcoholic. Right. Uh, and so s- stupider than a rum ham. What? Um, Okay, well, yeah, let's what's the question? Let's I don't know. Let's go with the question. <laughs> okay. we have, there's, Hockey Milwaukee has so many things going on. We don't, okay. like, let's get to the question. Okay. Who would you pick to win the MLS mascot Royal Rumble? Oh, God, yeah. I hadn't really researched it yet. Yeah, me um, either. Wow. I, I almost, I almost want to table that uh, so we can do a little bit more research in mascot. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know my mascots that well. Let me let me give you let me give you one answer that I can give on the fly, and maybe we'll do some research for next week. My children are terrified of the loons mascot because it's a big six foot five anthropomorphic fucking bird. So the terror that he strikes into my kids' hearts is any indicator. I'd say he'd probably win the whole thing. Um, that's fair. Um, my pick to win the MLS mascot Royal Rumble is uh. Nobody. Wow, you dug deep there. Because <laughs> okay. why the fuck d- 
do soccer teams have fucking mascots? Oh, you know what a mascot is? In the soccer sense of the world, it's a, a fucking kid that hit, holds the hand when they go out and uh, sing the national anthem or shit. That is what a mascot is. Well, what if I don't the- want little kids fighting. Fuck you for asking me this question, Hockey Milwaukee. Oh, I That's get it. That's a goddamn thing. Oh, so you're looking at it as like this uh, fucking Hunger Games situation, although that could be fun too. Yeah. <laughs> just 11 kids on each side who just go out and fight to the death on the field. Well, you yes, know, sir. let's let's table that discussion for another week. Uh, What's our next question? Um, <laughs> at Compass Correct North asked. Another fan of the podcast. Yeah, another fan of the podcast. Thank you, guys. Are people pleased with Venegas? And then there was a, a large like Twitter stream of like, Define Venegas. <laughs> define please. <laughs> define definite. Okay, so someone, someone said definite. I don't. Come, why don't we take you, every permutation of this question? So, so are people please with Venegas, as in Johan. You pleased? Go. You're not you pleased pl- with Johan Venegas. Are you pleased with Johan Venegas? Go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you pleased with Kevin Venegas? Go. Yes. Cool. Done. Answered. Thank you. Are you? But are define you, pleased. I mean. I. Are you, are you, pleased with pleased? No. All right, great okay. question from uh, Compass Correct. <laughs> yeah, there. thanks Thank for being you. really fucking direct with that shit. Good man. question. All right. Good fucking job. This is the this is the <laughs> new like if there's one hand clapping, what does it sound like? Or a tree falls in the woods kind of question. Yeah. It's the like, are you pleased with Venegas? <laughs> That's just the new existential question. So at Spencer Agnew asked, uh, other than Demidoff and Coleman, are there any? players on the roster that you think are being significantly over or underpaid let me pull up that uh that roster list he's for just he, he's just doing this for fucking fantasy research that's uh, all it is it's probably so okay uh significantly over or underpaid um besides demidoff so or Coleman. Uh, an, an easy answer is that is alboga because he's a backup and he's banging two hundred thirty thousand, which is is hardly breaking anybody's bank on you know on the average team but compared to the other salaries on our team it's a hell of a lot for a backup to be making uh Bernardo on your is making over a hundred thousand. If you'd have told me that before these numbers came out, it would have shit directly into my pants. Uh, there's not a whole lot of other ones that stood out as like straight shocking to me, to be honest with you. I was, I guess I was maybe surprised that Ibsen commanded a full 200 K for a guy who hadn't actually played MLS. Uh, he had experience in Europe. It wasn't like he just came from NASL, but he hadn't gotten it done in, uh, in, in MLS before. So 200 was a big number for that, but uh, there wasn't other huge shocks for me. Yeah, I was gonna say um, for me, Ibsen was the one that stood out. Like that, he commanded two hundred ten thousand uh, dollars coming from the NASL, which leads me to believe he was making around that on the NASL team, um, which means he probably was the highest played player on the NASL team. Honestly, and I don't doubt that. Like, I, he should have been. Ramirez got a got a hefty bump um, when he came to MLS, but I'm guessing that that means that. Ibsen was probably the highest paid player on the team last year. He was a European signing at the time with uh, Champions League experience. I mean, I, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Uh, is he 200000 He could be 200000 in MLS depending on how he pans out over the long haul, but compared to other other salaries on this roster, I'm looking at Jerome Thiessen who's sitting there on, what, 170000 or something like that. Do you really do you value Ibsen more than you value Jerome Thiessen? I mean, in terms of uh, players that I'm, I'm a little surprised at, um, Johan Venegas making only uh, basically like a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, 
I think that's that's actually a really good value for Johan Venegas. Like, what do you think about Johan what he was? Johan Venegas is probably the second best player on the team, outside of Molino. Like in terms of like what he can do and create, and he's getting national team appearances and all that. Like the fact that he's making only two hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars, he's like the like sixth highest paid player on the team. That's actually uh, a, and from what they've been getting from Johan, is pretty good value in my estimation. I think it's totally good value, and you think about how we got him. He was spare parts at uh, Montreal in the expansion draft. Um, well, related to the expansion draft, so. Um, you know, that was a good bit of business there, and uh, that's how you get players on the cheap is you find them, uh, you know, maybe not getting the kind of support from the current team that they need, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the other questions. Uh, so the next question is actually specifically for me. Uh, it's from Kev at Kevin Baltus. Did you get bad dance? So the uh, easy answer is no, I have not yet. Um so record store day was on last Saturday, and Bat Dance was a uh, they did a special record store day release of Bat Dance, and I did not get to the record store day to get it. I saw my friend Kevin who mentioned this. Uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, there's a store, a store that still has it." All right. And I went. I was like, "Oh, I'll go there tomorrow." I didn't get to that store. So God damn it. Um, I'm not sure if that. Bad Dance record still exists, but if someone has a Bad Dance record they want to send to me, you're welcome to do it. You have my, you have our email address. You can email us. I'll tell you my address to send it to. Um, and then finally, our last question is actually a text message question from my friend Nick. Um, it's basically, so I don't know if anybody saw this. If you don't follow Minnesota soccer or you don't follow Minnesota, like, general uh, sports media you would not know that there was a uh, K-fan uh, person who uh, tweeted a picture of the upper bowl of the stadium two and a half hours before the game actually started and said oh yeah soccer's kicking off here uh, just which, making bullshit about the attendance and stuff. yeah to which he got Basically, uh, uh, right and rightfully raped like, over the coals. Raped over the coals for um, my friend pointed out that he was that this per particular person, uh, this K fan producer, uh, was uh, he had he stepped down as the coach head coach of a high school hockey team in Minnesota, which is a you're stepping down as a high school coach of a uh, head coach of a high school hockey team. Probably a good thing, um, because this team went twenty seventy nine and five. So we should get a picture of where the coach would stand in the players' box there, with him not standing there, obviously, and just be like, "Wow, hockey's really taking off here at this yeah, high school." Yeah, all I'm saying is that uh, maybe don't uh, throw stones. Don't throw stones. That's the message this week. All right. Yeah. D did we have any other questions? I think we got through the mailbox. I think that's. Pretty much it. All right, cool. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you all DM me. That's mostly what I live for. DM the shit out of us. DM me hard, hard, baby. You know where you can find us? No, I don't. You can find us at davesidenow.com. Hey, that shit is going under some redevelopment. Keep an eye open. Yeah. Uh, at TDIKMN, you can email us your questions at thedavesidenowmn at gmail.com. 
Um, I'm not even going to say the Facebook page because <laughs> fuck it. We'll still get probably likes on that shit. Um, but get the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, coming soon to Google Play and Acast. Hey, one thing. If you like this podcast, go on your podcast app thing or whatever and rate it. Rate it to five stars. Leave us some comments. We're probably sure. not going to look at them. Leave us some say, criticism. Hey, these guys are fucking funny or whatever. Um, but apparently if you rate things, other people see them. Like, Apparently we're the same as Serial on Stitcher, which is probably weird. Yeah. yeah, I loved I loved seeing that in the related <laughs> podcast. There was shit like cereal. Like, wow, yeah. we're just like that podcast. Wow, Ab- absolutely. So, go <laughs> go write our fucking podcast. Mention soccer because that would probably get you get us off the cereal thing. Um, like, just yeah, rate. Give us five stars. Yep. Why not? And tell you, tell your friends. We work hard yeah. on this. If you enjoy it, they might too. Most uh, importantly, tell your and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna be doing some uh, website relaunch shit, which is gonna be really awesome. Yep. You can find uh, Martin at offensive underscore loons. You can find me Zeller at Texas Zeller. This is the Daves I know. We are the Daves you know. Good night. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We, we, do, it. we uh, do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all can't nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.